Welcome back in. It is Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao alongside Mo Patton, J.P. Plant on the controls, coming to you live from Columbia, here in the dimple of the universe in Murray County. Glad to have you guys with us. The Southeastern Conference Baseball Tournament will make its way south on 65 and then West on 459 459 for about two and a half miles <laughs> and, and down to the Hoover Metropolitan Stadium in a couple of weeks where affectionately known as the, Met. the Hoover Met. And hopefully, I guess if we if we weren't busy that week with Spring Fling, I guess we could hitch a ride with the Dirt King, uh, Bill Marbit, who will certainly be down there. But uh, the number one team in the country will also be down there, hopefully sporting a number one seed. And they got to win a couple games to do that. Joining us now from 24-7 Sports is Wes Rucker to talk a little Tennessee Volunteers baseball after their first series loss and first road series loss since 19, I think. Uh, Wes, how's it going, man? Well, other than the fact that it's Daddy Daycare Day, I'm uh, I'm hanging in there. So, <laughs> been there, done that. Got, got a teething, got a teething five month old who, mm. uh, you know, hopefully the baby Jesus stays asleep for the next few minutes, so we, we can we can make this work. But, Good uh, luck. Yes. Well, that's uh, a, other than that, doing great. So. We, if you have to duck out, we understand. we understand. So, oh, if he cries, if he cries, you'll hear him, and then you'll hear the corgi barking to let everyone know that he's awake. And by everyone, I mean me. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll you knock on the neighbors. We'll, we'll be all right. Yeah, hopefully. Oh man, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, Tennessee coming off of a series loss to Kentucky bounces back last night with a big win over Bellarmine. Got Georgia this weekend, the second place team in the SEC East. And not a, not an easy series to to try and wrap up the number one seed in the SEC West. Yeah, it's it's a good series. I mean, you know, Tennessee. It's so hard to go through an entire SEC season and not and not drop one. You know, I mean, Arkansas did it last year, but it is very very rare. Tennessee, you know, thirteen inning game last week. If that had you know ball had been a couple inches the other way, we're probably sitting here talking about Tennessee finding a way to win another series. So uh, they didn't play their best ball. That's going to happen. I don't think there's any reason for alarm bells though. I, I, Baseball is a long season. You're, you're going to have some some moments here and there, some blips. I, I think Tennessee, it was probably the, the worst weekend that Tennessee played. But I also thought Kentucky played really, really well. Kentucky beat Georgia in a series in that field. Uh, the weather was miserable all weekend, and it was pouring down rain, and the guys are cold. You're in the visitor's dugout, nowhere to go. I'm not in the excuse-making business, but I, I'm not going to make too much of last last week either. Now, if they struggle this weekend against Georgia, maybe you're talking about something different. But I, I think, generally speaking, I think they're fine. I think they could play better, obviously, than they did last weekend. But, you know, it's it's the SEC is a, a, a meat grinder, and you're going to lose some, and that's what happened in Tennessee last week. Wes, anytime I went to Lexington for football, it was cold and wet. I didn't realize it applied to baseball as well, though. 
Yeah, it, it's no matter what, no matter what sport it is, no matter. I mean, I and and God bless them. I have family in Kentucky. My mother's people are Eastern Kentuckians and proud of it. And uh, that it's a beautiful part of the country. The five days a year that the sun shines. Other than that, it's uh, it's it's rough uh, every time. I don't care what sport Tennessee's playing. I don't care what time of year it is. Uh, when Tennessee goes up I seventy five a couple hours playing Lexington, the weather sucks. It just does. Sucks out loud. It happens every single time they play in any sport up there, and it's just sort of the way it is. I don't disagree. Wes Rucker of twenty four seven Sports with us here on Main Street Sports today. You know, despite the the series loss, again as Wes said. Not a whole lot of reason to panic for 43-6 and six overall, 20-4 and four in SEC play, Tennessee. And you play in this league long enough, you're going to get bit. I mean, the defending national champion is 25-24 and 24 overall, 9-15 and 15 in league play. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an unforgiving league. Yeah, and, and there have been times in the past, even in the past couple of decades, where Tennessee would have a couple major leaguers on its team and still not even make it to, to Hoover. I mean, it's just it, it's an absolute grind of a league. And I think that puts into perspective what Tennessee's done to this point. I mean, you know, I, I think uh, in their minds, I don't think they were really thinking about beating that Vanderbilt 26-3 and record from a few years ago. But, you know, anytime you can make history, it's a neat thing. Um, and Tennessee it, it could have done that maybe. Uh, it just It just fell short. Uh, kicked the ball at the wrong time against Alabama, uh, you know, ha- had a tough one uh, there at Kentucky in the weekend, and, and it's just sort of the way that it's gone. Auburn's a good team and took one from them with an, a late-inning ambush there. And, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of going 20-4 and four in this league uh, through the first eight weeks is remarkable. It's it's absurd. And the fact that, that Tennessee's even done this, I mean, think about this. W- with six games left to play in the season, in the SEC season, Tennessee's got a four game lead in the for the overall SEC standings. That's just preposterous. And I know Arkansas and Tennessee haven't played this year, probably the two best teams in the league, but still it's just it's a grind and the fact that they've gotten to this point it's pretty remarkable. No doubt. Um Wes as you look at the college baseball landscape and this 43 and 6 kind of sticks out like kind of like sticks a, out like a like a sore thumb. You you wonder what it would take, one, for them to not be the number one national seed um, come Memorial Day. Yeah, I think in order to not be the number one overall national seed, they would have to lose, you know, another series here in the final two weeks and then maybe not win any games in Hoover or something like that. If that, if that combination of things happen, because Oregon State's playing well, uh, but I do think – Half of the polls kind of switching it up and going Oregon State 1, Tennessee 2. Maybe not the major polls, but but there are six polls, and half of them went for Oregon State this week. Maybe that's boredom. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe some were just waiting for Tennessee to, to drop a series so they could make a move at the top. I, I don't know. But when you look at it metrically, it's not even close. Uh, Tennessee is – uh, they did that graph of the D1 stat guys a couple of weeks ago where they do that chart of, you know, if you're over here to the right and up toward the top, you know, you're, you've got the best chance there, or the best team and the best chance of winning the national championship. And Tennessee was like in the polar right top corner of the map. And every other team was some, some degree of far away from that. And, and it's, it's that, that's what Tennessee 
has done statistically this season. So, uh, but I will caution everyone. It's been, I think more than 20 years, maybe 23 years or so since the number one overall national seed has won the college world series. Uh, it's just not something that normally happens. It happens. Teams get hot at the right time. Guys come back healthy. You know, you're set up well for that ballpark in Omaha. You just, it, it, it's like you go to Vegas and you get on a heater at the right time. You're going to walk away with, with everything. And that's, that's sort of what, um, what it takes to win that thing. So the best team, almost never wins that tournament but you are at the end of it the national champion so that's just like in major league baseball right the team with the best record doesn't win the world series every single year it just doesn't happen so it's not it's, the, it's yeah, not yeah. the best team it's the best team right then sure and, and that's why if you're if you want to be concerned that tennessee just lost its first series of the season okay uh, i never look at any sec series loss on the road as a disaster I just I, – I don't think that's fair. This league's ridiculous. Uh, you, you lose a couple at home, okay, maybe that's a little bit different. But, you know, Lindsey Nelson's kind of become like a little Castle Grayskull or something. It's It gets rowdy in there, and it's really hard to beat Tennessee in there. And credit to Auburn and, and Bama for getting one because that ain't easy at all. Um, but to, to your point, you get to the postseason, you know, you just got to win that regional. You got to win two of three in the Supers, and then you got to get hot in Omaha, and you got to have a team built for that ballpark. And then people say Tennessee, with all that power, maybe is not built for Omaha, which kind of is like Yellowstone in terms of getting it out of there. It's just a big, big yard. Um, but Tennessee is also pitching in that same ballpark where it hits all those homers, and it's got the best ERA in the country. So, I, you know, if you were to build a team from scratch and say, I want this team to win the College World Series – it would look like Tennessee's team because you play mostly really good defense, absolutely elite hitting, absolutely elite starting pitching, and a really, really darn good bullpen uh, with some really good numbers in there too. Uh, so th they just don't have a lot of missing pieces other than they have a left fielder playing catcher. And so you can run on them. That's their only problem. But you have to really dig deep to find a reason why this is not the best team in the country. You have to find a way to get Evan Russell on the field though, right? You absolutely have to get that bat in the lineup. And Tennessee, it's an interesting story. Tennessee had a couple of other options at catcher that, that were supposed to come through this year and didn't. Uh, the kid, uh, I think uh, Colton Kessler is his name, was Kentucky's catcher last year. Uh, he was going to transfer to Tennessee, and he'd gone through the portal, was going to come to Knoxville. And then he just decided at the last minute, you know what, I'm going to go play pro ball, even though I didn't get drafted. And that guy's a really good catcher. So that was another. That was one of the plans. Then a kid from West Virginia – their starting catcher, uh, a guy with a really good bat, he's he goes in the portal. He actually transfers to Tennessee, and then he decides, you know what, I don't think I want to play baseball anymore. So then Tennessee goes, oh, bleep, and has to figure out. And this is a true story. They tried Evan Russell and Trey Lipscomb at catcher in the fall, and we're like, okay, whoever's better at this, you're going to be the catcher because that's what the situation is right now because both your bats have to be in the lineup, and uh, this team needs a catcher. So Evan Russell did it better. So Evan Russell ended up being a catcher. Uh, and Evan Russell, when he was a true freshman uh, at Tennessee, a walk-on, he still is a walk-on, actually. He's never cost them a scholarship penny at all. He hmm. goes in there, and, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, college baseball, 11.7, it's a crime. But you, you look at it, and he tried to play catcher as a freshman and was so bad at it that Tony Vitello laughed and was like, no, no, just, just go to left field. That's This isn't going to work. And then a few years later, they're like, oh, crap, this has to work. And so they find a way to make it work. And, you know, I think some of the some of the pitchers take a little too long on the mound. I don't think those all those stolen bases are on him. 
Uh, but yeah, they have a catcher playing left field. And that's the only thing that you look at and go, well, if I get on base, I can, I can, I can run on them. But you got to get on base and not easy to do against yeah. those four starting pitchers or that bullpen. So, and, and you, you feel like Evan's probably going to drive in more runs than he's going to let in. So it's, you know, it's a net I mean, positive. I mean, D one still ranks him as a top. Yeah, D one still ranks him as a top ten catcher, I believe, in the country, even despite some of those defensive numbers. So that tells you with his OPS and all those things, the offensive value. And I love looking at the numbers. I don't know how they compile some of them, if I'm being honest. But you look at those kind of war numbers and those things, and he he he's a net positive for sure. But uh, you if you get on base with those pitchers taking too long you can get a chance to run on but yeah you got to get on base against those pitchers and they don't walk anybody so good luck with that you know it's it's interesting that you you say that because these this pitching staff is is built for tournament baseball right you mm-hmm. you look at most SEC teams have two good pitchers maybe three if they're lucky this team has five <laughs> Five guys who can go out yeah. and give you a, a decent, you know, five innings of starting baseball. And, and honestly, I would say it's probably six because I'll put Xander Seacrest in that sure. group too. He's been their midweek guy, but his his numbers are asinine. I mean, he's he's a lefty who throws ninety miles an hour, but he cuts the ball. He he varies his windup. He he is kind of tricky to face. He hides the ball from you. So yeah, I mean, they got four four first round guys. Uh, who are who are in that starting rotation? Again, I say four guys who will go in the first round in the next three years, and, and those are your four guys. And then Cam Sewell, who would start just about anywhere else, through like a what a seven or eight inning, whatever it was, two hitter against Florida last year in the tournament. <laughs> he, he's there too. He'd start anywhere. And then you look at, uh, you know, you, you I would say that Xander Zekris is in that group. And then you've got Will Mabry, who maybe could do it. You know, you, you've got. A lot of guys, freshman White Evans, who's got really good stuff. Uh, and, and Vitello swears that Ben Joyce could throw six, seven innings if he needed to. And, and so you look at that, and, and Redmond Walsh's arm just never falls off. He's one of those kind of everyday Eddie Guardado types. You just give him the ball every day, and he's all right. You know, he only throws 86 anyway. So just, just let him go in there and throw it and cut that change in there. But, yeah, it's it's um, when you look at their numbers pitching-wise compared to the rest of the field, and then you consider what ballpark they play in, it's a little bit crazy. I mean, whatever they pay Frank Anderson, uh, he, he he's earned every penny. Wes Rucker, 24-7 Sports, with us here on Main Street Sports today. Wes, um, as you talk about UT baseball, this team has been so good, and they, they've recruited at such a high level, but it's a different thing when you get there. There's a couple of guys that we've not heard a whole lot out of this year from this area. Elijah Pleasant. And Christian Scott from the Clarksville area, where are where are they right now? Well, you know, Elijah actually is a kid who's now at Dallas Baptist, and I oh. I, I thought that, I yeah, didn't realize yeah, but, he had left. No. Yeah, because he wanted more of an opportunity in Dallas Baptist, which, as you know, a ranked team uh, gave him a chance to be in the weekend rotation to open the season, and he still struggled a little bit, mm. which is which is frustrating for me because one, Elijah is an awesome kid, mm-hmm. and two. He's got great stuff. He throws a really heavy fastball, a lot of movement for a righty, got good velocity. There is a lot to like about him, and I hope 
that at some point he gets that thing squared away because he has an arm that could get him some money playing this game. Uh, you know, I don't, are you a major leaguer? I, I don't know. But you, you, he's got a chance with his arm to do some stuff, and I hope that he's able uh, to get it done. Maybe with the COVID year he could do that uh, next year, hopefully. But um, And Caveras uh, Tears is a kid who I, I like a lot. Tennessee likes a lot. His, his offensive pop uh, is pretty ridiculous. Some of his exit velocity numbers – uh, in BP and in their scrimmages are really, really good. The problem is, where are you going to play him in this in this team right now? I mean, you know, Kyle Booker doesn't play every day, and Christian Moore, who might be a first round pick in a couple of years, he doesn't play every day. Blake Burke, who might be a first round pick in a couple of years, he doesn't play every day. So it's kind of like, you know, he's a first baseman, corner outfielder. Where do you, where can you get him at bats right now? Seth Stevenson, a guy who could be a fifth or sixth round pick this year, doesn't start every day. Uh, and Jared Dickey, when he's healthy, has to be in the lineup. So they, they there's just nowhere to play him. So they they said, you know what, we like this kid a lot. Let's redshirt him. Let's make sure he's cool with redshirting, and and then let's let's roll with him for a couple of years after this. You will hear his name in the future, I think. He if he sticks with it and you know kind of stays on that Trey Lipscomb uh, sort of mindset where I'm going to wait till I get my turn and and then I'm going to play. Because uh, Logan Steenstra, another guy on this team, could play anywhere. Doesn't play every day. Hits like 340. Elite defender up the middle, six foot five. He doesn't play every day, so it's not an insult. Uh, it's kind of like if a guy at Alabama doesn't play as a freshman in football <laughs> or Georgia right now. You're like, that doesn't mean he sucks. That just means that look at the team. You know, uh, I, I think I think Tears is a name you're going to hear in the future because uh, he, he's a hard worker. He, he's got great pop at the plate, and and I, I like him as a prospect. Wes Rucker, twenty four seven Sports, <clears throat> joining us today. Wes, we appreciate your time, man. Anytime, guys. Anytime. All right. When we come back, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. We give you the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. So stick around.